Welcome. Perhaps the most fundamental of all the fundamental principles for understanding Rashi's commentary on the Torah is that Rashi intended to explain to us and to show to us the pshat, the pshute shel mikra, the quote-unquote simple direct meaning of a pasuk. And therefore, whenever Rashi uh, seems to stray from that, uh, from that type of comment, whenever it seems that Rashi has instead adopted, adopted a midrash as the basis of his commentary, as the basis of his interpretation, we have to ask ourselves, why is he doing that? We have two interesting examples of this here in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Noyach. We read in Perik Zion, in the year 600 to the life of Noyach, meaning when Noyach was 600 years old, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on this day, all of the well springs, all of the underground springs of the great abyss, of the great underground water sources, Nivko, they were breached, they were opened. So there was a lot of water that began to come up from the aquifers underground. And the windows of the heavens were opened up. So a lot of water started to come down from the heavens. Pasik Yud base. By Yehiha Geshem and the rain was upon the land, Arbaim Yoim, Arbaim Laila, forty days and forty nights. Pasik Yud Gimel, which will be one of our main focuses. Be'etzem Hayyim on this very day, Bo Noach, Noach came, Veshem Vacham Veyefes, Bene Noach, and Shame and Ham and Yefes, the children of Noach, the Aishas Noach, and the wife of Noach, Ushlaishas Neshein Vanov, and the wives, the three wives of his sons, Etom, together with them, Ela Tevoa, they all came to the Teva. They all came to the ship or ark that Noach had built. Pasik Yudalit. Hema, they came, the Cholachayodaminoah, and all of the uh, animals, all of the, we'll translate for the moment, wild animals, according to their different types, and all of the domesticated animals, according to their type, and all of the crawling things that crawl upon the ground, according to their types, and all of the birds, according to their types, called Sipor, called Kanof. Every bird of every kind of feather. So uh, Noah came, and his family, and of course all of the animals. Vayavo el Noach el and they came to Noach to the teva. Shnayim shnayim mikol basar, two, two and two, from each type of flesh. Asher bo ruach that had in it a breath of life. In other words, two of each type. Vahaboim, and those who came, those animals that came, Zachor un they were the male and the female, Mikol Basar, from each 
type of flesh, bo, they came. Kasher tzivo oso elokim, as Hashem had commanded him, as God had commanded Noach, vayisgor Hashem ba'ado, and Hashem closed the, the, the teva um, for Noach. He, the word ba'ado Rashi discusses, we're not going into that Rashi in particular, uh, actually, we will be discussing it. But, uh, okay, Hashem closed the, the door of the Teva so that now everybody was inside and everybody would be protected from this flood. Let's see a couple of Rashis. On Pasuk Yud Gimel, it says, Be'etzim hayom hazeh. So that is obviously a, uh, an unusual and a apparently superfluous phrase. Pasuk Yud Aleph told us exactly which day this was happening, on the 17th day of the second month. Um, it doesn't seem necessary for the Pasuk to repeat that, that what we're talking about happened on that very day. That's the day that we were talking about. So Rashi says, The Torah is teaching us, Scripture is teaching us, The people of Noah's generation were saying, if we will see him entering the Teva, so we will break it, and we'll kill him. These people were not, not interested in seeing Noach enter this Teva. If Noach enters the Teva, that is a, uh, that is a sign that, that, that God is angry at the world for their various acts of immorality and uh, and all kinds of inappropriate actions, and they, they are, um, they are uh, these people are dedicated Rishoyim, they really believe in what they're doing, so they said that if they see Noach going to that Teva, they're going to break it, and they're going to break him too. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Ani machnisoi le'enei kulam, I will bring Noach in, I himself will bring him in, le'enei kulam, in front of the eyes of all of them, in front of all of them. And we'll see whose word will stand. And we'll, we'll see who's more powerful. Of course, Hashem is more powerful. So that's how Rashi explains the words, Before we go into it further, it would seem like, um, seems to refer to in broad daylight, I'd say, would perhaps be a good English translation. It doesn't have to mean literally at noon. Uh, I once heard of someone who claimed it means at noon, and how could that be? And they probably never meant that in the first place. But it means, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I will bring in Nayak in broad daylight when, at a time when everybody can see what he's doing, and no matter how much they might oppose it, I'm going to make sure that he gets into that table. Let's now continue. Let's go on to Pusik Tez Zion, where it says that uh, all of the animals, a, a male and a female of each type, came to the Teva, and then it says, Vayiskor Hashem Ba'ado. Hashem closed the Teva for Noyach. Rashi says, Hegein alav What does it mean that Hashem closed it on his behalf? He protected Noach so that the people would not break it. Those people that were mentioned before, 
who said they're going to break the Teva and kill Noyach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu protected Noyach that they should not break the Teva. How did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do this? Hekif HaTeva Dubim Ve'arayos HaKadosh Baruch Hu surrounded the Teva with bears and lions. V'hoyu Horgim Bahem and th- these animals were killing the people who had come to oppose Noyach. That's what it means by Yiskor Hashem Bado. Hashem closed the Teva on his behalf so that he should not be harmed. And now Rashi says, mikra, but the simple meaning of the Pasuk is, Sagar Amayim. Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch who closed in front of Noyach, the, the, the door of the, of the Teva, Min Hamayim, so that the water should not come in. Not this idea that he is protecting Noach in some supernatural way. It means he closed the door so, so that the water shouldn't come in and drown him. Similarly, anytime you see this word ba'ad in Scripture, it doesn't have to mean um, doing something on someone's behalf. Rather, it's l'shain kenegedhu. It simply means keneged, in front of. Ashi goes on to bring a number, a number of examples. We're not going to go into them now. But we see here that Rashi begins with a Midrashic interpretation, that for Yisker Hashem Ba'adai means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu closed the Teva on behalf of and in order to protect Nayach from people who were aiming to harm him. And then Rashi says, but the simple meaning is he closed the door so the water should not overwhelm him. And I would like to raise two questions on these two Rashi comments. Question number one. In the Rashi, in that comment, why does Rashi interpret it midrashically? Rashi says, is referring to a story, is referring to something which is not mentioned explicitly in Psukim, but it's referring to this fact that there were people who wanted to stop Noyach from going into the Teva, and who wanted to kill Noyach. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'll bring in Noach right in the middle of the day, right in the broad daylight when everyone can see him, and we'll find out who's, uh, who's running the show here. That is a Midrashic interpretation. I mean, that is, that is adding in certain points which are not explicit in the Pesach at all. We, we don't have in the Pesach explicit psukim saying that there were people who were so violently opposed to Noach that they were ready to kill him. It's not so difficult to imagine, but it's not in the psukim directly, not, not explicitly. And furthermore, there are other ways to understand this pasuk. For example, Radak, Rabbi David Kimchi, explains that, that why does the pasuk say, on this very day, they entered the Teva? Because Radak explains that if you go back a little bit in the in the in the in the parsha, if you go back to Perik Zion, Pasik Zion, Ches, Tes, Yud, you will see that Noach actually arrived at the Teva seven days before this. Uh, this this Pasik is taking place, as it says very clearly, on the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month. There's a machlekas which, which month it is, but whichever month it is, it was taking place on the seventeenth day of the month. But if we look at Psukim previously, 
uh, it talks, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Nayach, Ki liyamim od shivo, in another seven days, I am bringing the Mabul. And the Radak explains that, that at that time, Nayach and the animals, I believe he says, they came to the Teva, but he says they were yotzim uvoim. They, they would leave and come, come and leave. Nayach would go into the Teva to, uh, to fix something, to prepare something, to, to build something, to build a, a cage for the lion or whatever. And then he would go out. He would sleep in a regular tent somewhere outside the, the, the Teva. And the animals perhaps also went in at certain points, but they came out. So they were in the vicinity of the Teva for seven days. Now the Pasuk is saying, explains Radak, now the Pasuk is saying, Be'etzem ha'yeim on this very day of the 17th of the month, Bo'a Noyach, Noyach and all of his family and all of the animals, they came into the Teva for a semi-permanent stay, for a nice long stay, until the waters of the flood would ultimately reside. So that's what it means, Be'etzem ha'yeim in a very simple way. I mean, all, everything the everything the Radak is saying is essentially explicit psukim. There is another approach, which is discussed by the by uh, Rabbi Yeruchim Levavitz, Zechrona Levracha, the great Mashkiach from the Mir Yeshiva, in, in the Sefer Das Torah, where he explains that the phrase Be'etzem HaYem refers to a day that has, that had in it, on which it occurred, a hischadshus miyuchada, a special hischadshus, a special novel new phenomenon. For example, we find in Sefer Shemais, uh, Perik Yud Beis, Pasik Yud Zion, it says, Ki be'etzam ayem azeh hotseisi asivo seichem me'eres Mitzrayim. Hashem says to the Kala Yisrael, on this very day, be'etzam ayem azeh, I brought out all of your armies, all of your multitudes of people. I brought them out from Eretz Mitzrayim. And he quotes there the, the, um, the perush of Rabbi Yovadia Svarno, who says, Shabiyoim echod nasa kibbutz, on that one day, there was a, a kibbutz was accomplished, a gathering of the people was accomplished. Shalehoyu maspikin elov beteva kamayomim. To gather all of the Bnei Yisrael into one place, who were they were scattered around different parts of Mitzrayim, really, according to the natural way of doing things, it would have it would not have even been possible in a number of days. But they were all able to come together in one day. So there, Be'etzem Hayemazeh is referring to that's the style of the Torah. That's the way of the Torah when referring to a day upon which something very new and miraculous took place. So here also uh, said uh, Rabbi Yerucham that we're talking here, here in this parsha, on this uh, seventh day of the second month, also something very new and very miraculous took place, that in one teva, the entire creation, well, at least representative of every type in the creation, was able to fit into the teva. And he, and he concludes, So this was written so that even unto the last generation, everybody should know this miracle that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did. So in other words, Rabbi Yerucham is saying 
that when the Torah refers to a, to a particular day upon which something miraculous happens, something really wonderfully miraculous, it will refer to, to such a day as Be'etzem HaYemazeh. And we have an example in Sefer Shemais, and here, that's how he interprets this Pasuk here in Parshas Noyach. Again, that's a much, I would say that's, that's much closer to the Pshat. He's not, he's not bringing in any, any points that are not explicit in the Chumash. Not bringing in a story about people who were opposed to Noyach and they said they're going to break the Teva. All of that is not in the Chumash. It's not directly written. But everything that uh, Rabbi Yerucham refers to, it is in the Psukim. Noyach and, and, and a representative sample of every form of creation went into the Teva on this day. So he's saying that's the style of the Torah. When referring to such a day, it calls it So question number one is, why does Rashi here use a Midrash? Why does he base his interpretation upon the Midrash? He had at least two possibilities, two different ways that he could have explained it, Lefi Hapshat. The second question I'd like to raise is on the second Rashi, Vayiskor Hashem Ba'ado. There, Rashi begins with a Midrash that, that he says that Hashem protected Noyach from these evildoers who were coming to, to destroy the Teva and to destroy him, and he surrounded the Teva with bears and lions so that the, so they should kill these evildoers. That's how Rashi begins. That's his first explanation. And then he says, mikra." it just means that Hashem closed the Teva so the water shouldn't enter. So here also we have really a very similar question. It's true that Rashi here does say an interpretation, which is mikra, but why does he put it second? According to everything we know about Rashi's, and Rashi's commentary, the pshat should come first. Why does Rashi begin his commentary on Pasuk Tezayin with a, with a Midrashic interpretation? The first part of our first question was, why does Rashi explain with a Midrash? Why didn't he accept the explanation that Radak gives, that Nayak and his family and the animals, they arrived at the Teva really seven days before they, seven days before the flood began. And now the Pesach is saying, on this uh, 17th day of the second month, on this day, they now really entered and stayed there until the end of the flood. I think the answer to this question is, because Rashi disagrees with Radak on the facts. If we go back to this Parsha, Parsha Snoyach, Perik Zion, uh, Pasik Zion, we will see a very clear disagreement between Radak and Rashi. The Pasik there says, Noach and his sons and his wife and the wives of his sons with him, they came El they came to the Teva, Mipnei Mehamabul, because of the waters of the Mabul. The Radak there says, now there's, there's, a, there's definitely a somewhat of an issue with this Pasuk, um, 
that this Pasuk, which is previous to the ones that we're learning, this Pasuk says that Noah came to the table, but we know, we learned um, just uh, six psukim later, in, in Pasuk, uh, really, really four psukim later, in Pasuk Yud Aleph that we learned previously, that it again talks about Noach coming to the Teva. We, we began this shear with uh, Perak Zion Pasuk Yud Aleph, which talks about Noach coming to the Teva on the 17th day of the second month. But really already, back in Pasuk Zion, the, the Torah tells us that Noach came to the Teva. So Radak says as follows, Vayovei Noach, Seven days earlier, seven days previously, before the Mabul came, uh, Noach arrived and entered the Teva. Zehu, and this is what it says here in this Pasek, Berek Zion, Pasek Zion, Mipnei Mehamabul, that Noach came to the Teva because of the waters of the Mabul. And then Radak says on that, he entered the Teva before the water would come. He mentions, and we'll talk much more about this in a moment, he mentions that there is a, an opinion in the Midrash, in Bracious Rabbah, that says that the water actually was coming, and it was uh, going up higher and higher, uh, up uh, uh, up Noach's uh, body, and it was uh, almost too late when he when he finally felt there was no choice, and he and he ran into the Teva. The Radak mentions this medrash, but he says, "I don't understand it." He says, uh, "We'll see soon." But he doesn't want to go in that direction. He understands that what does it mean, Mipnei Meamabel, that Noach went into the Teva because of the Meamabel? Well, why else did he go into the Teva? Ask anybody. Why did Noach go into the Teva? because there was going to be a flood. Those words, don't mean, says the Radak, they don't, uh, they don't necessarily mean that he ran into the Teva as the water was about to dr- drown him. It means he, he knew it was going to rain. Hashem told him it was going to rain a lot. So therefore, when a proper time came, he went into the Teva. Why? Because there was going to be a lot of water. You don't have to say the water was already there. That's how Radak understands the Pusik. That Pusik Zion is talking about Noach coming to the Teva seven days before the Mabel. He's preparing himself. He's a good idea to get there before the rain really starts. Of course, the reason for going there is because of the rain, but this took place seven days before. And Lashita Sai, the Radak follows his line of reasoning. So later in, in, in Pasek Yud Aleph, Yud Beis Yud Gimel, where it says that Noach came to the Teva on the 17th day of the second month and the rain began, that's talking about seven days later. And that's why the Pasek says, On this very day, the 17th day of the second month, that's when Noach really permanently came to the Teva. But, he had, but, but in reality, he had visited the Teva, been in the vicinity of the Teva, actually for seven days before. That's the Radak. However, let's take a look at Rashi on that Pusik, Mipnei Meamabul. The Pusik says that Noach went into the, went into the Teva 
because of the waters of the Mabul, says Rashi, Af noyach miktane amona hayo. Even Noyach was what's called miktane amona. He was from amongst those people whose amuna, whose faith and belief and trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu was relatively small, was lacking. Mamin ve'ena mamin, shiyavay hamabal, shiyavay mabal. He believed, but he didn't believe that there would be a mabal. He was told so by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and yet, to some extent, he didn't quite believe it. He did not enter the teva until the water pushed him in. Now, that is a very difficult idea to understand. The Bali Musa, Rabbi Yerucham among them, uh, speaks about how Amuna and Bitochen have many different madregas, many different levels. I mean, of course, you, you can't say that Nayach didn't believe, literally did not believe that there was not going to be a Mabal. He was told that as a prophecy from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. He's not a he's not a koifer, he's not a heretic, he's not a denier. And yet there was some some doubt in his mind. He was not totally, totally, totally convinced in some way. Those who are interested can look at that piece from Rabbi Rucham Lubovitz and try to figure it out. You can look at others for him, different approaches. But one way or another, Rashi is telling us that Nayak did not quite believe that the Mabel would really happen. When did he go into the Teva? When it was almost too late, when he had no choice. He went literally the water was rising and rising, and perhaps it was up to his neck, up to his nostrils, and finally, okay, I believe it, he ran into the, he ran into the table. Nothing here about Noyach coming to the Teva seven days before, and then seven days later he really entered. According to Rashi, it seems like Rashi disagrees with the Radak's version of the facts. According to Rashi, there's only one time that Noyach came to the Teva. It's mentioned in the Torah two times, okay? Each time uh, perhaps focuses on a different aspect. According to Rashi, Pasuk Zion focuses on this point, that he only entered at the last moment. Uh, the later Psukim, Pasuk Yudal, if you base Yud Gimel, tell us the exact date. But it's not that there were two different times, like the Radak says. There was one time that Nayach entered the Teva. And therefore, when Rashi came to the Pasuk, when he came to Pasuk Yud Gimel, which says that Nayach entered the Teva, he could not have said, like Radak, that this Pasuk is telling us about his permanent entrance into the Teva, as opposed to a sort of temporary visit. That's, that, that didn't happen. There was no such thing. So Rashi had to resort to the Midrash that means that there were people who wanted to stop him, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I will bring him in in broad daylight and we'll see who's the boss. The second part of our first question was, why couldn't Rashi explain, like Rabbi Yerucham, that the word that phrase is used when the Torah is referring to a day upon which something miraculous occurred, such as Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and here, such as 
representatives of the entire creation being able to fit into one relatively small ship. Why couldn't Rashi explain like that? Well, we have to take a look at a Pusik all the way in Dvorim, Paraglamid base, Memches. All the way where the Torah, all the way at near the end of the Torah, where the, the Torah is describing the Petira, the demise of Moshe Rabbeinu. And it says there, Vayidaber Hashem el Moshe, Hashem spoke to Moshe, Be'etzem hayom hazeh, on this very day, Lemor saying. And what did he say to him? He said, it's your time to go. Now here, there's a long Rashi, we're not going to see every word, but Rashi begins as follows. In three places, it says in the Torah, And Rashi is going to tell us that they are all similar. It's, he tells us that it says regarding Noyach, the Pasuk that we are learning. That means in the vision of the light of the day, meaning in broad daylight. Because, now here Rashi repeats the Midrash that we already are familiar with, because there were people in Neach's generation who said that if we notice him going into the Teva, we're not going to let him, and we're going to take uh, axes and other tools and we're going to break the Teva. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to bring him in in the middle of the day, in broad daylight, Whoever has the strength to protest against me, capital M-E, let him come and protest. In other words, not going to do you any good. And now Rashi says, a second place where the Torah uses the phrase is B'Mitzrayim. It says, On this very day, Hashem took, took Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim because there were Egyptians who said that if we notice that they're about to leave Mitzrayim, we're not going to let them. Actually, we're going to take swords and other weapons and we're going to kill them. So Kodesh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to take out the Klai Yisrael right in the middle of the day, in broad daylight. And whoever has the strength to protest can come and protest, meaning let's see who, who wins that fight. And now Rashi says, Afkan, here also in Sefer Dvorim, regarding the death of Moshe, Nemar It also says, And here I will read word by word. Because Klai Yisrael was saying, If we notice that Moshe Rabbeinu is, uh, is, is about to die, we're not going to let him. This person who took us out of Egypt, and he split the sea for us, and he brought down the mon, and he, he brought through the skies the slav, the, the birds for us to eat, and he brought up the well from, from which they could drink water, and he gave us the Torah. Such a person, we're not going to let him go. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But Amara Kodesh Baruch Hu, Kodesh Baruch Hu said, 
I'm going to bring Moshe to his place, the place of his demise. I'm going to bring him to his place of death, right in the middle of the day, where everyone is looking, and we'll see who, who, who wins that fight. Parenthetically, there's, there's a very obvious question on this third example. What does it mean that Kalal Yisrael was going to stop Moshe Rabbeinu from dying? It's very hard to stop a person from dying when, when they come to their, their moment. There are different explanations of this. Uh, the one that, uh, that, uh, that I seem to understand the best is that they meant that they were going to daven. They were going to pray, and they, they felt that their power of prayer, if they really applied themselves, that that power was so great that it would even, so to speak, force Hashem's hand and, quote-unquote, force HaKadosh Baruch Hu to allow Moshe Rabbeinu to continue to live. So Rashi says there are three examples of Be'etzam HaYemazeh, and he's saying they're all, they're all essentially the same. Now let's think about it. According to Rabbi Yeruchim, Be'etzam HaYemazeh is a phrase that's used when the, when the Torah is referring to a day upon which great miracles occurred. Now that's good, regarding the day that Noyach entered the Teva, according to the Midrash. And that's good according to Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Certainly, great miracles occurred that day. But I don't think it fits regarding the day that Moshe Rabbeinu died. Moshe Rabbeinu died. He died. All people die. The miracle would have been if somehow he were kept alive, despite HaKadosh Baruch Hu's announced intention to, to bring him to his final rest on that day. That would have been miraculous. But the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu died, maybe I'm missing something, to me that is, not, that is not miraculous. And therefore, I think we see that Rashi, uh, he was not interpreting it the way Rabbi Yerucham is interpreting it. The Esamayim is not used every, whenever the Torah is referring to a day upon which great miracles occurred. No, it is used in this kind of situation, where there are people who think that they can step in the, step in the way, they can foil the plans of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will carry out my plan right in broad daylight, and no one's going to stop me. That is the common denominator of all these three places that Rashi cites, where it says, So again, coming back to our Pasek, uh, and our Rashi comment on Perik Zion, Pasuk Yud Gimel, where Rashi says that means that there were people who wanted to destroy the Teva and they wanted to kill Noyach, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to make sure he gets into that Teva, and you, 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 you go bang your head against the wall and try to stop me, you'll never stop me. Rashi could not have said what Rabbi Yeruchim claims would be a simple approach to the Pasuk. He doesn't agree with that. And Rashi could not have said what Radak feels was a simple approach to the Pesach. So instead, yes, Rashi had to resort to a Midrash. He was forced, quote-unquote, to explain that the meaning of this Pesach includes certain facts which are not explicit in the Pesachim itself, in the Pesach itself, or in the Pesachim around it. It's true. The Torah does not explicitly talk about this phenomenon about this uh, this event 
that there were people trying to stop Noach from going into the Teva, but Rashi had no choice but to say that that is the meaning of, that is included in the meaning of this state of this phrase, Be'etzem Hayyam Hazet. Now that we know why Rashi insisted on explaining Pasi Yud Gimel in a, with, by using a Midrash, I think we can also very simply understand why his comment on Pasuk Tezayin begins with the Midrashic explanation. The Pasuk says, Vayiskor Hashem Ba'adai, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu closed the Teva Ba'ado, and Rashi explains that with a Midrash, that there were people coming who wanted to destroy the Teva and destroy Noyach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu protected him by surrounding the Teva with uh, various wild animals, with, with bears and lions, who would kill uh, Noach's uh, opponents. Why does Rashi begin with this? Because he's just continuing what he, how he explained Pasik Yud Gimel. Pasik Yud Gimel, we have explained, at least in my humble opinion, why Rashi had to explain it, according to the Midrash. Now in Pasik Tezayin, Rashi is, is finishing the story. He sees more of that story implicit in the words Vayiskor Hashem Ba'ado, at least in the eyes of the Midrash. That Vayiskor Hashem Ba'ado means that there were those people who came to, to destroy the Teva and HaKadosh Baruch Hu protected Noach from them. So Rashi begins with that Midrashic interpretation. Then he says, but Pshutei Shul Mikra, really this phrase Vayiskor Hashem Ba'ado we have the option of just saying that it means very simply that HaKadosh Baruch Hu closed the Teva so that Noach uh, and, and his people and the animals should not be harmed by the water. In my humble opinion, I think that everything I've said up till here is reasonable and defensible. But in the interest of uh, intellectual honesty, I must admit that one of the most important super commentaries on Rashi, one of the super commentaries uh, whose banner I often wave, that is the Moscow, the David, disagrees with me entirely. Essentially, what we have been saying is that there is a Lishitose, there is a chain in Rashi's comments, beginning with Perik Zion. Pasik Zion, where the Pasik says that Noah and his children, etc., went into the Teva, Mipnei Me'amabul, which Rashi said, not like the Radak. Rashi said it does not mean that he arrived at the Teva, but then he stayed there for seven days, and then later in Pasik Gimel that says he entered the Teva, that's referring to a quote unquote, pardon the expression, a second coming. Rashi disagreed with that. Rashi Back in Pasuk Zion said, Mipnei Mabul means that Noyach was in some way lacking in his amuna and his bitochen. He didn't quite believe 100% that there would be a Mabul, and he only entered the Teva when it was almost too late, when the water was, was really forcing him to go in. Starting from that premise, so now when Rashi approached Pasuk Yud Gimel, he, again, he could not say that that was some sort of a second coming. He had to say that Be'etzah Bo Noach in Pasuk Yud Gimel means 
like what Be'etzamayemezem means in a couple of other places, that there was a great, um, a great um, disagreement with Noach, there was a great resistance to what Noach was doing from people in his generation, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Be'etzamayemezem, right in broad daylight, I'm going to carry forth my plan, and no one's going to stop me. So essentially what we're saying is, is that Rashi begins with a certain opinion back in Pusik Zion, and he continues in Pusik Yud Gimel. The Maskele David tells us that the Rashi comment on Pusik Zion about Noah only entering the Teva when it was almost too late, and the Rashi about HaKadosh Baruch Hu defending Noach from his opponents in the generation disagree with each other. The Maskele the David says that actually there's a Machlekes. It's a Machlekes that we all know about. The Machlekes that Rashi mentions at the very beginning of Parshas Noach, where it says, Noach ish sadik tomim haya b'doi sov, that Noach was a righteous man b'doi sov in his generations. And the very famous Rashi says that yesh darshan oisai l'shvach, some explain that as a praise of Noach, that even in that very evil generation, but he stood out as a tzaddik, even though there were a lot of bad influences around him. But some say, lignai, that that pasuk means to, to uh, lower Noach a little bit. It's saying he only was recognized as a tzaddik in a generation that was full of rotten people. But if he would have been around in a generation like the generation of Avraham, he would not have been considered anything special at all. So the Maskele the David says, the Rashi that talks about Noach only going into the Teva at the last moment because he didn't believe, he didn't fully believe that it was going to happen, that's following the opinion of Yesh Dor Shanoi That's following the opinion that Noach is, was not such a great tzaddik. He was a, a, a chatzit tzaddik, he was a half of a tzaddik. Half, three quarters, one quarter, whatever the, whatever the percentage was. But he was not such a big tzaddik. And that's why he almost got killed until he finally believed that the marble was coming, the water was up to his neck, he ran into the teva. But the, the Rashi in Pasig Yud Gimel, that talks about a Kodesh Baruch Hu protecting him from all the people in his generation who were coming to kill him, and a Kodesh Baruch Hu did miracles, he sent out lions and bears to kill all of those who opposed Noah. That's going according to the other opinion. That's going according to the opinion, Yesh Dor Shinoisai L'Shevach, that Noah is a very praiseworthy person. And if he would have lived in a better generation, he would have been even greater. And the Maskele David says that since Rashi was not sure which opinion is correct, you have an opinion that Noah was not such a big tzaddik, you have an opinion that he really was a very great tzaddik. That's the Machlekes that Rashi mentioned, and that he didn't, he was not machria, he didn't come to any kind of conclusion about which opinion is more correct. So the Maskele the David says, Zimnin Kemar, sometimes Rashi explains it like this opinion, the Zimnin Kemar, and sometimes he explained it like the other opinion, Mishum because he wasn't sure about who was right. Of course, according to this, mathematically, everything that I said falls apart. You can't say that the Pusik 
that the Rashi comment on Yud Gimel is really following what he said on Pasuk Zion. These two comments represent two different opinions and two different opinions that are arguing on each other. That's the masculine of it. I do have to mention that I have a big question on the masculine of it because the masculine of it himself writes that we should be very careful. He writes this in a different place, but he writes that we should be very careful not to suggest that the Rashi on one Pasuk is following one Midrash and that the Rashi in some other place is following an opposing Midrash. We know there are disagreements in Midrash. I mean, just like there are disagreements in the Gemara, there are disagreements in the Midrash, and sometimes the disagreements are about what actually happened. How you can understand that, that's perhaps for another time. But there definitely are many, many places where one opinion in the Midrash says, this is what happened, and a different opinion says, no, that's what happened. We know that. Now, there are some Mephoshim who say that, well, you know, sometimes when you have a contradiction between two Rashi comments, particularly if they are in different places, not right next to each other, that sometimes Rashi was following opinion number one in the Midrash, and then in the other place he was following opinion number two. The Maskele David writes very forcefully in his introduction that we should be careful not to do that. And he quotes the Arizal. He says the Arizal warned us not to do that. Rashi's commentary is a complete and, um, a complete and um, coherent commentary. He does not contradict himself by saying in one place like one Midrash and in another place like a different Midrash. This is also very forcefully stated in the introduction to the Sefer Devik Tov. And therefore, we have to wonder what's going on here in Maskele David. The Maskele David here says that the Rashi on Pasuk Zion is simply disagreeing with the Rashi on Pasuk Yud Gimel. No, that's what he says. I, I'm, I'm put into the un, uncomfortable position of disagreeing the Maskele David. It was my opinion that just the opposite. The Rashi on Pasuk Zion really is part of the basis for the Rashi on Pasuk Yud Gimel, but we do have this comment from the Maskele David.